Hello, everyone. You are listening to Diverse Roots, a podcast all about the unique career journeys in science and medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Cassie Briggs, and in each episode, I'm joined by a successful professional who shares their career journey, lessons learned, and advice for aspiring scientists like yourself. So whether you're on your commute, working out, or doing some chores, prepare to be inspired. Allison Vinoy, PT, DPT, and COMT, is a physical therapist at Results Physiotherapy, an outpatient orthopedic clinic in Nashville, Tennessee. Allison got her bachelor's in exercise science from Auburn University and doctorate in physical therapy from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. She immediately landed her current position and has been treating orthopedic cases in people of all ages and vestibular and torticollis in infants for the past four years. Some things you will hear in this episode may surprise you, such as when to start shadowing or what job experience to put on your resume, or even why career exploration doesn't actually end after you land the job. You will definitely want to listen to this episode from start to finish. And at the end, Allison shares an experience she had during her interview that all of us could benefit from hearing. Enjoy. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Before we jump into the questions, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Allison. I am a physical therapist. I'm practicing in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee and went to school in Chattanooga. So I did a little triangle of East Tennessee. But yeah, so I've been practicing for about four years and so pretty early on in my career. And I live with my husband down here, and we just had a baby girl. She's almost six months old. So lots of life changes right now. Oh, that's so exciting. And full disclosure to our listeners, Allison is my cousin, and I had a baby just, what, two and a half months ago. So we're real close. Our babies are real close in age, which is pretty exciting. So fantastic, Allison. They're going to have to meet soon. Absolutely. So I actually don't know the answer to this question. I think your sister wanted to be a cat, but what did you first want to be growing up? Well, when I was growing up, I I think we had just moved to like a new development or subdivision and there was these a lot of homes going up around us. So my first memory of wanting to be anything beyond a kid was a construction worker because I thought it was really cool. They got to climb up really high on the houses and hammer and use the nails. And it it just looked like a fun jungle gym type of job. So yeah, that was my first, my first dream job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's pretty cool how kids' minds work. Like just what you're surrounded by is what you think about. I mean, I used to make my younger sister do homework. So that was probably a sign I was going to be a teacher. (laughs) Yes, we used to play boss, and you and you were the boss. <laughs> oh, it's great, right? I was a good boss, I hope. <laughs> yep, you were great. All right, so you started out interested in construction as a young child. Can you tell us a little bit about how your career aspirations kind of evolved over time and maybe some major milestones? 
Yeah. So I definitely didn't end up in construction. And I think I don't think I'm strong enough or have the endurance for that. But I think I realized early on that I did. And I don't think I knew that then. But now I realize I like to work with my body and work with my hands and moving throughout my day and up and about. I don't think I ever wanted to do something where I had to sit all day. So I guess that's kind of how that links together. But I kind of knew early on I wanted to be a PT and I don't really have a great reason. A lot of A lot of people usually have an injury and have to rehab themselves, and that's kind of what introduces them to the field. Thankfully, knock on wood, didn't have to do any rehab myself, but I knew I wanted to help people work with my body, and I was in with a lot of sports, and so it just seemed like the natural career path. And I I would say I went into that blindly, not even knowing what they did, but the more I'm into the field, the more I've enjoyed it. But yeah, I think just introduction into the sports world and fitness world kind of moved me in that direction. So when you first came up with the idea to pursue PT, it sounds like it was kind of a shot in the dark. There was something about it that was intriguing. And then every experience you had, every class you took basically affirmed that decision. Yes, I would say I once I knew I kind of was looking into it, I took a rehab therapies class in high school. And that kind of introduced me to physical therapy, to occupational therapy, to speech therapy, and kind of just a brief introduction. So I got to see that, like, oh, you get to learn anatomy. You get to learn, you know, how the body works, but it's not as stressful. It doesn't seem like as stressful as being a medical doctor or something along those lines, a surgeon. And so I think that kind of tailored me. And, and I think through high school, I, I went and shadowed with some PTs in my area to kind of see if this is something I would like to do just a few times. But that was what kind of propelled me into going into college with that in mind. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, so many of our listeners kind of wait until college to start doing the shadowing and getting hours and exploring the realities of the career they're pursuing. So it's really cool to hear you talk about pursuing that earlier in high school and seeking out those opportunities. So any high school listeners, that's great encouragement for them. So, Allison, can you tell us some of the major steps in your journey for those of us, like maybe when you started that had no idea what it took to become a PT? Can you step us through the process? Yeah. So to be a PT, you do have to have your bachelor's degree and then a doctorate as well. And so I went into to college, to undergrad. I went to Auburn University down in Alabama I went in knowing I wanted to apply to PT school after. So I had to make sure that my degree had those recs and requirements. A lot of PTs, a lot of people in my class did not have an exercise science degree or any kind of science degree. There was Spanish, there was history. So you don't have to major in a in something in that field, but you have to have the requirements. So there's certain amount of science, certain amount of psychology that you have to have. So I think one of my biggest thing is I went in and there's a pre-PT tract. And so I said, okay, that's me. And I signed up for it. And then I quickly realized you had to take a lot more high-level science courses then that's required for PT and like organic chemistry, microbiology, genetics, those type of courses. Now, those are harder courses and not that I couldn't have done them, but I realized if I get a B or a C in those courses, that's going to bring down my GPA, which in turn is what is going to help me either get into grad school or not get into grad school. So I switched and went to an exercise science route, which seems like an easier route and so therefore 
I kind of felt like I was cheating, but it was one of the wisest things I did because I got to keep my GPA up, which is what schools care about when you're trying to get into these programs. And I kept my science GPA up and that's what they really, really look at. And so I was able to get in first time and who knows if I could have, if I had taken those classes, but I took only the ones I needed to get into school and the rest of the classes I got to take were personal training and exercise physiology and other classes that are way more geared to to what I would be dealing with in day to day. And we're still hard, but not as hard as some of those organic and some of those more specific science classes. That's actually really intriguing because you would think a pre-PT program would focus on the application, hands-on learning that you would need on the job. I don't know many PTs that need to know the ins and outs of organic chemistry. So it's kind of amazing how you saw, okay, not to necessarily, I mean, you mentioned let's avoid the hard classes that would negatively impact your GPA, but more so let's take the classes that would actually help me be a better PT. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think even taking more psychology could have helped me. I think picking a major that supports your physical therapy requirements, but also gets something you enjoy studying and want to learn about. So that was super helpful. So when it came time to apply, I also had a background in, you know, learning about exercise and learning about physical fitness and got to be with other people that were also in the same field. I wasn't with a ton of people that were going to be MDs or going to be nursing or anything else because they didn't need those exercise classes as much. Gotcha. Well, and I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on maybe some of your colleagues that you met in grad school, what majors and programs they came from. So was that maybe pre-PT, a preferred route to grad schools, or did they not care? And it was, like you said, mostly focused on GPA. I would say my school focused highly on your science GPA and your GRE scores. So that's what they took many applicants based on those scores. Whether that's a great way of getting students not, I can't say, but it definitely helps to have a high GPA and high GRE score. And that's just kind of the name of the game right now. Most of my colleagues either had an exercise science background or something in the medical field. Either they were going to med school and couldn't get in or they decided they were between, they knew they wanted healthcare, so they did a pre-med route. And then they decided a few years after what they wanted to do. Two of my good friends had Spanish major. One of them had a dance major. So not everyone had, you know, that science route, but they at least had the requirements for it. Gotcha. Amazing. And then I just want to mention, listeners, if you're not sure what the GRE is, it's a standardized test used for many grad programs, not just PT. All right. So, Allison, have you had some really influential people along your journey that, you know, opened your eyes to some of the potential or maybe told you something you never knew about the career you were pursuing? Yeah, I would say in in college, I had a a group of people that there's three of us and we all uh, studied together. We were all in the same major. And I would say I was just kind of new into thinking I wanted to be a PT. I didn't know a ton about it, but a lot of them, you know, were wanting to open their own gym. They wanted to work with professional athletes. Some wanted to start new programs within a hospital. So they had a much more specific goals professionally than I had. So that kind of opened my eyes. Okay, what do I really want to do with this degree when I get it? 
I would say I had my research professor in graduate school. She just was a very big proponent of the field and taught me a lot about how you can bridge this rehab with athletes as well as, you know, the older 65-year-old patient that's trying to get stronger for their grandkids. I think mainly my colleagues and listening to their dreams and getting inspired by them was my main people. Oh, what a great testimony to, it's not just, I guess, quote unquote, your superiors that can influence you along your journey and really be an aid, but the colleagues. So the peers that you surround yourself with can really impact your success and attitude towards your future career. So it sounds like you were surrounded by a great group. Yeah, yeah. They made going through school much more fun to be with people who are just very driven in their passions. Awesome. So some of our listeners are just graduating from their PT program and ready to hit the job market. So can you tell us a little bit about how you discovered your current position and a little bit about what that application and hiring process was like? Yeah. So for physical therapy school, you're required to do however many weeks of rotations. And so you go in different settings. You do orthopedic, you do nursing, you do skilled nursing, neuro. I knew I wanted to do orthopedic throughout my coursework. That's kind of what I was more excited about learning that, which is a more outpatient. I hurt my wrist. I hurt my ankle. I had knee surgery. I hurt my shoulder for throwing that type of patient. I knew I was moving to Nashville. I researched in the area some of the best outpatient clinics, and I came across Results, which is who I work for now. They advertise a manual therapy approach. They're very hands-on. And I knew I wanted to be good with my hands. Like I said, I like working with my hands, using my body to help people. And so while I was interning, it was kind of a 15-week-long interview. I made it clear I would like to work here after I graduate. And they scheduled an interview while I was graduating. And so by the time I was licensed, I already had a job lined up, which was really nice. I took some time off in between grad school and working, which I highly suggest, but knew I was coming back to a job, which was great. Awesome. So did you have to still submit an application or did they already know you and basically give you an offer? I still had to submit a formal application and go through a round of interviews. And so it was all, you know, official, but it helped that they knew how I was already treating their patients and my capability long before I walked into the interview. And what kind of things were required in your application? So when they were hiring they for the interview process, they kind of know that you're coming straight out of school. So they know you usually don't have a ton of work experience unless you, this was your second career. But they did still look for, like I was a hostess in high school. And so I put that on there because that shows that I can handle, you know, multiple people at once and I'm a people person. So they encourage you to put a lot of that stuff on your application, even if it doesn't seem relevant to that field. It shows that you have work experience, either a leadership or dealing with people or problem solving. I think I had a summer camp job on there too. So none of my previous work history really related to PT, but it did help that I could show that I had, you know, worked before and had experience. They also looked for my different research that I had done in undergrad and in PT school and kind of what I was interested in. So I had worked with a volleyball team through PT school and included that. But for the most part, to be honest, they want to see that you've passed board. So my acceptance was pending that test that I was able to take and pass. But it does help to have just kind of your other interests and your other qualifications on there. But I would say their main thing is if you pass boards and if you've worked before. All right. Awesome. And was the interview in person? Was it with 
one person, multiple people? What was that process like? My first first job, it was just with one person, not my direct boss, but the president of that region. I'm in a new role with the same company, and that was with my direct boss and then also the vice president of the company. So that was with two people. Okay, awesome. Thanks. So now let's jump into what you do. So what does a PT like you do at your company? Yes. So we're an outpatient orthopedic company. So we treat a lot of patients that come in either post-surgery. So they just had a shoulder repair and knee repair. We treat someone with headaches, with neck pain, basically any part of the body that hurts. They come into us and we decide if this is something that's in our scope or if this requires a MD or a further specialist to look at it. So that's a huge part of our job is deciding, is this truly musculoskeletal? Is this something that we can fix? Or is this the cause of, you know, cancer or tumor or that could be referring pain that is not necessarily in our scope? So that's a big thing of what we do. We first diagnose, is this something we can treat or not? And at that point, we set them up to where they're coming in. We do that evaluation. We try to figure out the source of their pain. It's not necessarily right where it hurts, but figuring out the source of their pain. And then we provide a manual treatment as well as some exercises to give them. So if they require joint mobilization or soft tissue mobilization, which is, you know, massage the muscle, or if it's a modality, if they need some tape, if they need some dry needling, if it needs some cupping, whatever we feel like modality will help that healing process. And then we kind of set up with an exercise plan and homework that they only get better if they're doing some of it at home. So making sure they know that and they're educated on that. And I think just giving them some education on this is something that is treatable that we can fix with a little bit of work and setting their expectations. So it's not like a pill where you just get better in a few days. It, it will require a little bit on your part. So yeah, just kind of setting expectations, explaining to them, and then getting to know them and getting to know why they want to get better, what's hurting, what they're trying to get back to is a huge part of it. We treat, I would say, between 10 and 15 a day, and we usually try to see the same person throughout their plan of care. So if they come in in the beginning, we're, we're seeing them all the way through and then discharging them when they feel like they can get back to their normal stuff. All right. Sounds like a really rewarding job. And I have to say, personally, having gone through two ACL repairs, PT was huge. I don't think I would be where I'm at if I didn't have it. And then now that I've had a baby, well, two babies, the pelvic floor therapy and that kind of thing, so important. And so all the services that you do are just so critical for people just functioning. If you want to practice, say, in Tennessee, do you have to get a grad degree in Tennessee and pass boards in Tennessee? Or is it like a federal qualification that you could work anywhere? Once you pass boards, at least in the United States, you are good to practice in any state. You don't have to retake a test in any state. And once you pass boards, you're good for life. You don't have to retake every 10 years. Each state does have different requirements. So if I, if I moved to Michigan and I wanted to practice there, I'd have to check and see. Sometimes you have to fill out an extra course to say that you understand their rules there or you have to fill out some paperwork, but you don't have to take boards again if you're going from state to state. Oh, gotcha. Cool. That's not always true in other medical professions. So that's, that's great. Gives you a lot of flexibility. So Allison, what do you love most about your job? I love to work with people. You get to hear patients' stories. You get to meet new people, meet 
maybe 10 new people a day. You get to just kind of hear what gets people excited, what they're trying to get back to. Of course, not every patient is super motivated. So you get to learn about that too. But I think I also love fitness. I think there's a super important part of fitness that can fit into anybody's life. Any kind of activity is good for multiple reasons. And I get to introduce people to fitness and exercising. And it usually starts as I'm trying to avoid pain. But then my goal is for them to just enjoy the benefits of exercise so much that they'll continue beyond their rehab. And so then I get to introduce them like, well, once you're feeling better, then we can try this and this. And I think it's a huge part of what's missing in healthcare is just that advocate and that letting people know that exercise can help with so many different issues, not just, you know, rehabbing from a surgery. So I think introducing people to the world of fitness as well as just getting to meet people is pretty nice. I also love, like I said, working with my hands, getting to be up and about, but I would say that's probably one of the challenging parts of my career is that you're physically pretty exhausted by the end of the day. And so you got to kind of keep that in mind if you want to keep practicing until your 50s and 60s. And I think emotionally, you're handling a lot of people's pain. So they're telling you, this hurts and it's affected this. And this really hurts and I'm frustrated because it hasn't gotten better. I'm going to have to live with this my whole life. And you're taking on all those emotions and you're trying to fix them. But you know, not everything's always fixable. And so I feel like by the end of the day, emotionally, you've handled a lot of people's pain. And so that can be, in any healthcare profession, that can be hard. That, that's one thing I didn't realize when I went into the field is people are essentially going to be complaining to you and that's your job to listen and fix it. So you're, you're taking a lot of valid complaints and, and trying to harbor them and fix. So yeah, that's, that's the good parts and the bad parts are kind of rolled into one. Yeah, and just reflecting on something you shared about one of your goals being passionate about taking care of their physical health even after PT's over. And I'm thinking to myself, what a great opportunity because PT is a routine, right? You have to go to PT several times a week. You got to do your homework in between. And part of the battle of keeping to an exercise regimen is the routine, fitting it into your day, devoting time to it, making it just like it is a routine. And so I think that's fantastic that it's an easier shift into adopting an exercise routine because you've already been in a routine, right? So it's just replacing that time spent in PT with time spent exercising. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting back to that active lifestyle or introducing an active lifestyle. So yeah, that's a very rewarding part. And it doesn't always come as easy to everybody, but it is, it's nice when it does. So Allison, what would you say are three skills that are just essential for your job? So I would think in, in the outpatient setting, one of the biggest skills would be listening. I think if you are quick to jump to what you think it is, you might miss some key components, as well as making the patient feel heard and feel like they're seen by you. So I think listening and being able to continue listening throughout the time that you're treating them of what's helping and what's hurting, you can gain a lot of just valuable information. I also think problem solving, which is very fun and you never get bored because it might not always be an easy diagnosis. And so you really have to problem solve and say, okay, well, if this is hurting, this is connected to this and it only hurts when they move this. You're trying to figure out the source of the pain. And and so I think the problem solving you're constantly assessing a patient to see. And I think the other one is just 
dexterity and being able to stay physically fit yourself, at least in my, in my world, if you can stay active and stay sharp, you're able to, you know, have strength throughout the day to work on people. And cause there's some people that can't move a lot of their limbs that you're having to lift and you're having to stretch. And it's always good discipline for myself. Cause I know if I'm not physically strong, it's, I'm going to feel it at work. So I would say, yeah, listening, problem solving, and just keeping yourself physically fit. Absolutely. So Allison, if you could do it all over again, would you choose the same path and take the same steps as you did? I would still choose physical therapy over anything else. I do think I found the good career for me, but I'm thankful that I'm young because I think there's a huge world of physical therapy. You can specialize with you know, pediatrics or with vestibular, which deals with dizziness. And and then you can deal with pelvic health, which is a huge need right now with women. And I am going to start just trying to look into what I want to specialize, what I want to be really good at, what I want to be an expert in, you know, in the next 20, 30 years. Because for PT school, you learn a ton, but you learn about everything. So I feel like I learned about one inch deep into all these different diagnoses and, and problems in the body, whereas I'd like to specialize in one. So I've earned a specialty in manual therapy, so I feel like I'm good with my hands in all the different areas, but I think I'd like to become more of an expert, more of the go-to girl for certain fields, and I have no idea yet what that looks like. I, I dabble in a little bit of specialties, and I enjoy them, but I don't know yet what's for me. So I think that's something I would do differently. I think I would take more time off in between grad school and undergrad. That goes both ways. I'm glad I was able to knock it out quick. I did it right after. But I think there's a lot of life experience that can happen too and help you learn more in between. So I think not being afraid to take a gap year, take a few years off and do a job that doesn't necessarily require a ton of schooling just to kind of get to know people and get to know what you're interested in more before you start grad school. So I I was thankful that my grad school pick was what I wanted to do, but I was kind of lucky because I think I went into it pretty blindly of what was actually signing up for. Yeah. And, you know, the medical field, it's really common for people to want to specialize and there is a lot of value in that. And it's kind of what you learn in business school, how important it is to niche, to have your specific niche. And Finding your specialty, you know, there's people out there called career coaches that might be able to help you figure out what's the best fit for you too. But obviously going and experiencing it is the best way. So Allison, are there any resources that you would recommend for our listeners interested in pursuing this field? If you're trying to be good in this field, I would say if you know your anatomy, that's half the battle. If you know muscles and where they're attaching and nerves, that's great. So if you kind of know this is the field you want to get in, I would just study up on anatomy a ton. And that can help you with a lot. Instagram is a wide world of good and bad. But there's a lot of really solid physical therapy Instagram accounts. And I use them and defer to them sometimes when I'm stuck or I need advice. You know, once you start looking, Instagram will send you a bunch. And who knows if they're all good. But I think perusing those accounts and seeing like, oh, could I see myself doing this every day? There's some good ones on there. And I think the main thing would just be shadowing. If you can find people in your field and you can kind of go follow them around for a day or pick their brain, see what they're doing. I mean, your podcast is great. You're giving a world to people to get to know all these different fields without even having to know the person. So I think, yeah, talking with someone, I called a lot of PTs before I started my career and just been like, do you like what you do? Where do you work? What have you, what have you seen? Cause there's so many avenues. 
And it's also a great place to be found, to put yourself out there as an expert in your field and share some of your knowledge, because then that's almost like your professional brand, your personal brand, right? And someone will be like, oh, Allison, yeah, she posted this, this, and that. Who knows? You might become a very hot commodity in whatever specialty you decide on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So any last words of advice for our listeners, which again, many are students and early career professionals, maybe interested in becoming a physical therapist? My biggest thing is get to know all the staff where you're interviewing or where you're applying, whether that's school or jobs. My first job, I was in a clinic and a few weeks in, I'd gotten to know all the staff and loved them. But my front desk, so my office coordinator, she said, you know, when you first came in, I didn't think you were that nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? I'm so sorry. And she was like, well, you didn't say hi to me. You just went straight into your interview. That has stuck with me because she ran my schedule. She helped me with patients. She was way more knowledgeable on insurance and everything. And Not that it was only for selfish gain that I need to be nice to her, but get to know everybody in your building, the janitor, the office staff, the MDs that you're talking to, because that network is so important and so valuable. We're all at work together, so you might as well be friends with them. But I do think making sure that you get to know every single person that you're working around on a level more than just say hi in the hallway, because I think it's important that you just develop those relationships with everyone you're with. Wow. Listeners, rewind about 10, 20 seconds and re-listen to that piece of advice because that is so important. People have botched their interviews, not because of the interview itself, but because of what happens before or after it. So such great words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Allison. If you want to hear more from Allison, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash diverse roots and become a patron for this podcast. Not only will you get to listen to the extended interview, but you'll actually get to see Allison as it's a video interview. By becoming a patron, you will also gain access to Allison's contact information so that you can reach out directly with any follow-up questions you may have. And by the way, my two-year-old makes a surprise appearance during the interview. So if you want a little insight into my life, definitely tune into that extended interview episode. If you are considering physical therapy, but maybe a little bit anxious about how your application would measure up against the rigor of graduate school admissions, you can certainly schedule a free consultation session with me at successinsciencecc.com to learn how career coaching can help you put your best foot forward. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Diverse Roots. Never forget your career journey is as unique as you are. Stay true to your values and journey on and know that you don't have to journey alone. If you're overwhelmed by career options or feel like your applications are getting overlooked, Success in Science Career Coaching is here to help. Schedule your free inquiry session today at successinsciencecc.com. Until next time, bye-bye.